0: On the Way Home is proudly supported by Don Community Builders, a group formed within the Don group of companies to assist those who wish to deliver affordable and sustainable housing by providing development management services and leveraging Ellis Don's turnkey cradle-to-grave project capabilities. We incorporate all that a world-leading development, construction, and building services company has to offer to provide innovative and sustainable developments that connect and energize communities. Our offering is not simply a development and construction solution. It's a holistic and comprehensive approach that ensures the delivery of assets that communities can be proud of. To learn more, please visit www.communitybuilders.ellisdawn.com.
1: We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on.
0: Welcome to
2: another episode of On The Way Home. I am one of your hosts, Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door, and as always, I am joined by the famous or infamous, you know, your choice, <laughs> Stefania from CAEH. Steph, how are you doing?
1: I am doing very, very well. I guess if you asked that question in my journalism days, you'd have a bunch of people being like, infamous, but hopefully now just regular old famous.
2: I know, no, no <laughs> one wants regular no one wants regular (laughs) that's awesome and and not surprising hey i know you're super busy what's going on at caeh
1: yes well um we have tons going on i think when this episode will drop i think we will have just finished our 2021 national conference on ending homelessness which is a virtual affair this year and very much hoping that next year we could either do a hybrid or a full in person because It really is nice to see everybody together in one room. So, yeah, so we're just working away on the conference right now.
2: Yeah, and I think it's going to be amazing. I I think everyone's missing each other. Uh, Who knew uh, Chimeraqua was so right when he sang the song of Virtual Insanity. I think that's what we're (laughs) going through a little bit of that right now. Uh, It will be great to hopefully come back to Toronto uh, next year in person Mm -hmm. and see everyone. But yeah, I know there's a ton of great stuff planned. Before that and all my friends and colleagues at blue door are signed up and excited about that even have some great um, great speaker uh, keynote speakers Genos. as well eh?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, Dr. Andrew Buzari, who was previously on our podcast and is just an amazing human, as well as a uh, journalist and award-winning author, Tanya Talaga, who will be our second, uh, second day keynote. So I'm really excited to hear from her. And of course, we'll be recording our keynotes and releasing those after, even for those who weren't able to make it this year. Um, but uh, I'm actually very excited because not only will you be in attendance, but our guest today is also a huge partner at the conference and also just a stellar another stellar human. Would you would you like to do the honors of introducing them?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what when, when you were talking about amazing humans, I thought, wow, we are right on theme today. And this is a this is a big bio cuz she does amazing things in the sector. So Melanie Redman, who is our guest today, is the co-founder, president and CEO of Away Home Canada, a national coalition reimagining solutions to youth homelessness through transformations in policy, planning and practice way home canada has inspired communities and countries around the world to adopt a way, the way home brand as a way to participate in a growing international movement for change uh, melanie also leads in her spare time the national learning community on youth homelessness in canada which is a pan-canadian community of practice for youth homelessness service providers and as well finally melanie is a co-founder um, and the Partnership and Implementation Director for Making the Shift, Youth Homelessness Social Innovation Lab, an international network of centers of excellence. You see, she's very busy, she's very impactful. Melanie, welcome to the show.
3: Oh, those are a lot of words. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's an honor and uh, yeah, I love working with uh, the Canadian Alliance and with you, Michael, on all things, get this job done.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, uh, we've started this new thing uh, in opening the podcast where uh, we're kind of asking every guest that comes on the show the same question to sort of uh, kick off sort of the theme of, of what we'll be talking about. So, Melanie, um, again, thank you for joining us today. So excited to have you here. And as you know, home means many things to many people. Can you tell us a little bit about what home means to you? Yeah, I
3: that's such a wonderful question. Yeah. Um, and it's probably the question that would uh, uh, elicit so many responses from so many people. But I think one thing that many of us would have in common is that home is a place where we're safe and we feel safe. Um, that's really important that you feel safe and that you can also fully actualize yourself. Um, and so that's how I feel in, in my home, and, and I want everyone to have that feeling.
2: Absolutely, I think you know safety is such a it's such a strong word. When you get through the door, I'm at home, I finally feel safe, especially in these pandemic times. Listen, Away Home Canada is doing amazing things, but for those three people in this country that might not know what Away Home is or what they do, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the history, why it was formed and all the great things or some of the great things that you're doing.
3: Definitely. Um, Well, if you haven't heard of it, it's, it's okay. We only launched in 2015 at the end of that year. Um, And so back in 2013, I was really fortunate to join the team at EVA's Initiatives for Homeless Youth in Toronto, and um, a whole crew of folks from across the country, um, researchers, service providers, um, uh, funders, had come together um, with some policymakers and had launched a national pilot called Mobilizing Local Capacity to End Youth Homelessness. And so the vision, the project vision, and so I came in right after the project started and was able to to take on the leadership role with it. Um, The vision was to work with 10 communities across Canada to develop strategies to prevent and end youth homelessness and then support them to implement those strategies. Um, The group felt that um, if we're gonna transform how we respond to youth homelessness, we need to start from the community up. Um, And they weren't wrong about that. Um, but the more we, we were working with communities, the more we recognized that um, there wasn't a national voice at that time specific to youth homelessness. Um, the Canadian Alliance does such important work, um, but it really wasn't focused on, on, on youth and um, the prevention agenda that we're focused on. Um, and then Raising the Roof um, had done so much work in the past on youth homelessness, but they had switched their focus to, to, child, to family homelessness um, around that same time. And then the Canadian Observatory on Homelessness, which was also part of that that group uh, shepherding that original project, um, again, had done so much foundational work that we just built on um, when we launched Away Home. Um, And right out the gates, it was pretty amazing, Uh, Ottawa um, and the Ottawa Alliance Den Homelessness came to us and said, you know, we really want to do some dedicated work on youth homelessness. Um, Would you mind when you launch Away Home, if we launched Away Home Ottawa? Um, as, you know, a a steering table for dedicated work on youth homelessness. Um, And so that was quite an honour. And um, since that time, we've worked with a number of communities, but also other countries, um, to launch Away Home Coalitions. There are 10 new Away Home Coalitions in Belgium right now that are focused on um, transitions from care and ensuring that young people don't exit the care system into homelessness. I mean, so what that really has been for us is a platform for international sharing of, of all of the learning, um, because, you know, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, the, the problems are very similar. I mean, you know, we have different, you know, policy frameworks, et cetera, but, but basically, you know, with youth homelessness, um, families are breaking down, um, and there are a number of reasons they're breaking down, but it's it looks the same in Australia as it does in, in you know, in, in Brussels, so... Um, yeah, so we've, we've been pretty busy uh, since <laughs> 2015. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, um, but you know, I always say it's, it's me and a whole bunch of other amazing, dedicated people that are behind this, um, and, and you know, no one could do this alone. We, we all need to work together, um, and again, you know, we formed as a coalition, um, and the Canadian Alliance being part of that coalition, so it's been amazing to work with all these national organizations that work on housing and homelessness. Um, to see if we can align our strategies um, to have, you know, maximum impact at the community level. So, yeah.
2: And impact you have had, um, you are a fixture on the Canadian and international landscape. Um, we'll switch gears a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about labs. Now, when I think back to labs in high school, um, well, I think of nerds. But um, And now nerds are, are, you know, the new cool. Um, but I think of you know people in white coats, Bunsen and burners, people burning inappropriate things in, in bunts and burners. Uh, but for the lab that Away Home Canada does is clearly not the case. There's no white coats. I don't think there's Bunsen and burners. Can you tell us about the Making the Shift Youth Homelessness Social Innovation Lab? What are you trying to achieve?
3: First of all, I, I hate the jargon as much as the next person. Um, the term social innovation makes me crazy. I hear it over and over and I'm like, oh, why don't we have other words? Um, but then also lab labs have become you know very very cool and everybody's got one. Um, so but the, the words really do mean something. Um, and for us, I'll give you the official line. Um, first, I want to note that that this body of work is co-led with the Canadian Observatory on Homelessness, so it's pretty unique because it brings together you know the the community people like me over here um, and the policy wonks, which is my other brain, um, together with with the researchers, um, and that's pretty powerful. Um, So making the shift contributes to the transformation of how we respond to youth homelessness through research and knowledge mobilization specific to youth homelessness prevention and housing stabilization. So that's the official line. Um, But for me, you know, when I describe it, um, we're trying to create new knowledge to solve a problem. And the problem is that people continue to flow into homelessness. And, you know, when you think about the Government of Canada's 2018 point in time count, Um, They found that, of all respondents, 50% had their first experience of homelessness before they were 25. So if we get in there uh, earlier and and get upstream on the problem of youth homelessness, we're going to make a huge difference on on the issue of chronic homelessness in Canada. And we're going to have better outcomes for young people and their families, which is what this is all about. Um, So yeah, so it's um, funded by two uh, major grants from the Government of Canada. One's from the Research Tri-Council and the other is from the Youth Employment and Skills Strategy. Um, and so we do two things. So we have dollars to fund original research on prevention and sustained access from homelessness. Um, and we have a whole research agenda that you can find at makingtheshiftinc.ca if you're interested. Um, and so there, to date, we've funded 31 original research projects, um, and I'll give you an example of one in a second that I'm super jazzed about. And then we also have 14 demonstration projects and so that's program models on prevention in action at the community level, and I think we're going to talk more about that in a bit. Um, but so yeah, so like an example, I and mean, you know when people hear oh research, 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 well that's not going to help us, in, you know in the community, well a lot of the stuff that we're doing is pretty transformational. Um, I'll give you an example. We funded a shelter diversion study, so a lot of communities and organizations are going down the road of shelter diversion. Um, but you know th- that can mean a lot of different things. <laughs> and just because you're doing it doesn't mean it's leading to great outcomes. And so how do we know? And so we've funded a five site shelter diversion study for five organizations that are doing youth homelessness shelter diversion in Canada. And so from those five jurisdictions, it's led by Dr. Katrina Mullaney out of Calgary, who's pretty amazing herself. Um, and so what can we learn from those five sites? Um, so you know, are what what are the outcomes they're getting? What are the practices they're doing that lead to those outcomes, positive and negative? And can we land on some kind of best practices through this this research on what shelter diversion can look like so that we know that we're getting real positive outcomes and we're not just delaying people's experience of homelessness. Um and and I, I say this you know, with with love because, um, you know, people are trying to move mountains in the emergency services space. But a lot of what we do, it's not really based on evidence. And um, that could be one of the reasons why we're still in the situation that we're we're in. Um, You know, I was never like a research, research person until I came to this work. And then I was like, huh, wouldn't it be nice if we uh, had some Evidence to support these practices, <laughs> and so you know what's great about Canada, though, is um, you know the the investment and rollout of housing first, because it's you know through that Home chez Soi project, that's one of the only evidence-based interventions in the world. And so we're trying to do what at Home chez Soi did on models of prevention um, and housing first for youth, um, for for young people to to build that knowledge base that's going to help us get to better outcomes for for people. So, yeah, that's what that's all about.
0: The Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness has a brand new collection of cozy home clothing. We've collaborated with My Home Mercantile, a stylish Canadian small business, and designer, Meg Davis, to bring you Helping Home Apparel. By shopping, you are supporting a growing movement that is helping communities across the country prevent, reduce, and end homelessness. Visit myhomemercantile.com to order your new apparel and make a difference today. or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca.
1: And that's great. And I think it's so important to be outcomes focused. I know that's important to us at the Alliance as well. Um, And so to talk about things that you're, yeah. So to talk about things you're super jazzed to talk about. um, uh, So you launched a number of really cool Making the Shift projects way back in 2017. So can you tell us now a little bit about those projects and where where you're headed with the work and some of what you've learned?
3: Definitely, definitely. Um, so we have 14 demonstration projects, and what makes that different than a pilot project um, is the, the extent of the research and evaluation that surrounds it. Um, and it's very, they're very interesting, the projects. So we work with community partners on the ground to implement four different models. And so we're, we've got 14 in four provinces right now. Um, so we have a number on Upstream and Youth Reconnect, which are school-based early intervention projects. Um, And then we have um, three on housing first for youth. So it's the adult pathways model adapted for the developmental needs of of young people. Um, And so we have one that's indigenous led for indigenous youth in Hamilton, Ontario. And that's been so cool bringing together like, you know, ways of knowing and and ways of doing with the indigenous community. Um, And we've learned so much from that that can be applied to all of the work that we're doing. Um, Then we have uh, one for specific to youth leaving care So to catch them before they become homeless or um, when they immediately after they become homeless to get them housed with all the supports they need. And then we have a number of projects on family and natural supports programming. And I know, you know, when I first came to the the field, um, there were a a handful of programs within organizations that were focused on, you know, supporting young people to strengthen their family and natural supports um, and family defined by them. Um, But it it wasn't really the basis for the work uh, across the field in terms of youth homelessness service provision. Um, And so what we're doing is working with service providers on that one to really build um, rigor into um, the work around uh, strengthening family and natural supports because that's so crucial um, for housing stabilization, for thriving and living well, you know, and and everything that 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 entails. Um, so those are the, the the projects that we're doing. Um, so we're learning a ton, as you can imagine. And you know, in terms of the the service provision, what's really cool is we have this iterative research to practice cycle where we work with the service providers. We have community of practice for all of these models that not only the demonstration project partners participate in, but other community partners as well. They're open for participation um, around these models, and so. What we do is as we learn things through the, 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 the practitioner knowledge, the formal research and evaluation, um, we implement it in real time. So what did we learn? Okay, so we need to change our practice in this way because of what we've learned. Um, and so we're not waiting for like some big research pro- uh, report to come at the end of it all. It's like in, in real time. Um, and so we're learning a ton about, and this might seem obvious, but if you wrap the right supports around young people for as long as they need, you're gonna get better outcomes. Um, and so there are you know, some, some key things that make that happen, but you know, for as long as they need is, is an important piece of it. Um, we're also learning a ton around how to support communities to implement um, these kinds of uh, preventative initiatives. Um, implementation is um, there's a whole science around it <laughs> and and it's actually quite complex to do it well and I know the Canadian Alliance I know you know exactly what I'm talking about right you have you know a whole body of work around you know how do we how do we get folks to implement you know a quality by name list and and you know to certain sets of standards and the reasons for doing that um, so we're learning a ton about that that's feeding into um, a, our growing body of work to provide training and technical assistance to not just our demonstration project communities, but to other communities as well. Um, We're using everything that we're learning to drive um, the the shape and scope of communities of practice and of all the tools and resources that we're developing um, that are all public-facing. And then we also have learned a ton around what gets in the way from people doing more preventative work. And and how do we get around those barriers? You know, and some of those things are you know are policy driven. Some of them are funder driven, and some of them are just like community politics, right? And I mean, you know, anybody that works in the space knows that you know we're trying to move mountains here. Um, So yeah, so tons of of amazing learning, and um, you know we've we've reported out formally about things that, that we've learned from the demonstration projects. Um, So, you know, we've got some reports on the Away Home website and the Homeless Hub that you can see. Um, But, yeah, and, you know, and and we continue to share everything that we're learning, especially, you know, foregrounding our community partners and from their perspective, what they're learning um, and what they're doing differently as a result. Um, I'll give you an example. In Hamilton, Ontario, we have the Youth Reconnect. um, And Youth Reconnect is a a school-based early intervention model that has a basis in Australia um, and also in Niagara region, Mike Lesby and the Raft. And then, so we've all worked together to build out um, our knowledge base on, on Youth ReConnect. But so they impl- implemented this, one of our demonstration projects in Hamilton. And you know what the what, Good Shepherd Center that, that leads the Youth ReConnect work there, what they said that Youth ReConnect has allowed them to do is to get at the younger youth and keep them out of the shelter. And that's exactly what we want wanted to happen. So it's transforming their systems response um, in, in that way on the youth homelessness front. So, yeah, so really, really cool stuff. I mean, um, you know, it's been quite a struggle as well. Um, we're like, you know, grant to grant keeping the demonstration projects going. And I, I think I have new um, stomach ulcers from all of that. <laughs> that, worry that we're not gonna get the funding. But um, so far, so good. So,
1: Well, I definitely get how that feels, but I mean, the work that you guys are doing, it's so exciting to hear about um, because as we all know, and I know on this, you know, in this uh, group right now, we can all agree how important it is to go upstream. How important it is to focus on prevention and keep kids out of the system. Because we know that that's that's a pipeline to chronic homelessness, which is what we work on, right? So, no, I think it's so important uh, what you guys do. And if you ever need anyone to vouch for you, not that I have a lot of sway, but I'm here for <laughs> it. <laughs> big supporter, Stephanie, big fan. Any, of what you anybody do.
3: at the Canadian Alliance. I'm Wait, come on of then. course.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we're here for it. So anyway, I, you know, just wanted to note that recently making the shift was de- designated as, and this is a mouthful, a United Nations yeah. Economic Commission for Europe Charter Centre of Excellence. Uh, and that sounds amazing. And I know it is, but I'm wondering if you can help us understand what the Charter Centre is and what this means for your work.
3: That's another thing that makes my tummy hurt, because it, it is absolutely wonderful, but it's also, um, you know, uh, a huge um, opportunity and responsibility that we want to make sure we maximize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the heat is on there. Um, so the, the official name is the Toronto Center of Excellence on Youth Homelessness Prevention at York University. Um, and so I'll tell you what a, a charter center is. Um, So charter centers are centers of excellence that the United Nations Economic Commission for Europe um, have set up to um, help them reach the sustainable development goals. And so the official line is is to support implementation of the Geneva UN Charter on sustainable housing. Um, And so basically, you know, what it means in practical terms for us, it's just a designation. um, As as, as Steve says, Steve Gates, that co-leads all of this with us, he says it's all cred and no bread. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so anyway, but, but it does let us do some really interesting things. Um, so as we develop this new knowledge through, through you know, all of our work with Away Home, making the shift in the observatory, um, it gives us an international megaphone to be able to share that out. Because so much of, of, of what we're doing, you know, we've, we've learned so much from the international context that that learning exchange is critical. And it gives us an additional platform for the learning exchange. Um, one of the things it also gives us, which is really cool, is um, uh, basically the UN um, can, you know, the, all the member states that are part of the UNECE, um, we can use the UN to convene member states. And so, for example, um, you know, I don't know who's going to be the minister moving forward, but previously, Minister Hussein, um, you know, who's responsible for the homelessness file, um, Minister Hussein is the person that's invited by the UNECE to participate in these kinds of international um, convenings around specific issues related to the sustainable development goals. Um, and so hopefully, you know, when it's safe to do so again in person, but you know, perhaps virtually, we'll be able to convene member states on the issue of youth homelessness and prevention and shine some additional spotlight um, you know, at that level. So that's really cool. Um, I think you know some of the other stuff that, that we're doing, um, and that now we're doing under the Charter Center banner, um, you know we've got a pretty robust community of practice going on Housing First for Youth. Um, Steve and I over the last years, we did a number of trainings in the European context. Um, and so we've probably got more Housing First for Youth projects in Europe now than we have in Canada, though Canada's catching up. Um, and so you know, all of that work now will be under the Charter Center umbrella. Um, We also have uh, this thing, the Upstream International Living Lab. We have four countries, um, so we have Australia, Wales, the US and Canada that um, have now successfully implemented Upstream with fidelity to the model, uh, original model in Australia. Um, And so it just gives us, you know, it's a container. These are all containers. You know, when you say the making the shift youth homelessness social innovation lab, we got some grants. We had to call it something, right? It's just container. <laughs> and then the, the same for the charter center. It's it's a it's a container for change, and you know something to leverage to hopefully, you know, help more and more communities and and young people.
2: Well, you were. You are so humble and this is huge stuff, stuff that hasn't happened before in the country, things that are moving us forward or challenging government to invest more, do more, prevent homelessness. For so long, we were kind of treating the symptoms rather than looking at the root cause and you're helping get to the root cause. You have an amazing team uh, at Way Home Canada and it, you know as well, you have Dave French. Just kidding, Dave, we love you. Um, <laughs> you're doing so much where can people go to find out more information on the work you're doing and what's next?
3: Oh, more definitely. Um, yeah. You know, awayhome.ca, uh, home.ca, and making the all of those. And then, um, you know, whatever our handles are on social media. Um, I think away home CA <laughs> it, it's the funny thing. People, you know, I don't even send out my own tweets. Like, you know, I, the comms team do that. So I have no idea what I'm saying on Twitter. Isn't that funny? Anyway, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I think really a, lot, good, by the a way. lot of us are like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so uh, moving forward, um, you know, the demonstration project funding, um, you know, comes to an end in, in 2023. But most of the communities that are doing the projects right, right now are committed to continuing the work because it's been so important in their response to youth homelessness. Um, so, you know, we're helping them around the sustainability of that. So, attract, you know, funding and attention to the work that's happening on the ground. Um, so, that's really good. But in addition, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to do some more youth reconnect um, implementation. Uh, we're working with uh, Fredericton, with York Region, and with uh, mm-hmm. Victoria um, on that. And so, we have, a, we, we have a grant to build out our training and technical assistance. Um, on Youth Reconnect, thanks to the Porticus Foundation, and um, we're also working with Covenant House on Youth Reconnect implementation in Toronto. Um, so we're gonna you know, continue to build out our training and technical assistance capacity on all of these models, but also not just the program models, but you know things like motivational interviewing, trauma-informed care, like all of the things that are critical in delivering these preventative interventions. Um, and there's just not enough support for community organizations around this stuff. Um, as well, um, you know, after these 31 research projects that we funded already through the, the, um, the other part of our grant from the Research Tri-Council, um, as, you know, we have findings from all of this stuff, we've got to, you know, make something happen with it. And so we'll work, you know, with the Canadian Observatory on Homelessness and the Homeless Hub, their outreach arm, to, to, to see if we can't make as much of this matter in policy in practice as, as possible, so. Um, yeah, we got a lot of work ahead of us. Um, we set up, up Away Home originally with a 10-year mandate um, because we wanted to test ourselves. Like, if we're not moving the dial in in that time frame, then maybe we're not doing it right and we should just wind down. Um, and so we have a board meeting next week and Michael hasn't mentioned that he's our fearless leader of the uh, Away Home board, so one of my biggest supporters out there. Um, and, you know, and, and so we'll, we'll be coming back to that. So what is going to be needed, you know, um, after the demonstration projects, after, um, you know, all of this research, research is conducted, um, who do we need to be to make it matter? Um, and so uh, it's a very exciting question. Um, we don't have all the answers yet, but um, we know the direction we're heading. So thank you.
1: Well, that's that's really amazing melanie and i just want to say you know thank you again for taking time out of your very busy schedule so busy oh, no you worries. have you know people running your social media accounts which i think is just the dream uh, as a comms person that i would love that um so yeah just seriously thank you so much for joining us on the show
3: today oh thank you it's such an honor and thank you for what this podcast is amazing thank you
2: Thanks. You know, when Melanie talks, I have this vision of like, you know, the Justice League where all these amazing smart people are sitting there, you know, coming up with new solutions to prevent and end homelessness and implementing them, you know, and it's not far off. I'm telling you, these are kind of superheroes uh, working hard to prevent homelessness and they're doing it. It always reminds me of what uh, Tim Richter. Talked about uh, ages ago when I was talking to him. And said he hadn't had an original idea since the nineteen nineties because they don't <laughs> have to. He said people are doing great work, and you take it and put a spin on it and bring it over. And Melanie's at the same thing. Like, listen, if it works in Australia, most likely it's going to work in Canada. Just, just you know, with, with some small um, small changes. And they're doing that. And they're making it possible. We can learn from each other and do it faster if we adapt what's already out there and and working with a, a larger so, research base and. You know, we talked about this before, Steph, our research is that the number one question you always get when you go for funding is, where's the proof? How do you know? Um, and mm-hmm. research gives us that tool to say, here it is. Here's the fact. How many times have I gone to, to the research surveys that have been done, the youth surveys, etc., and said, hey, did you know that 80% are from family breakdown and whatever?' and those numbers speak to people who want to be part of the solution? So I got a feeling that, a way home, Canada is going to be needed far past that 10-year mandate, but I think it was brave to to put that forward, to challenge themselves uh, in moving the dial.
1: I agree. And yeah, I mean, you know, I agree. And I just found all of this to hear is so inspiring. You know, I love the work that Away Home is doing and the international reach that they're forming as well, as you know, intimately well. And I just I remember interviewing uh, about Away Home way back when I was a journalist, and this was the kind of work that made me uh, really want to work in the sector and, and, uh, you know, move on from journalism and be part of the change be part of the teams of people who are working to implement, focused on outcomes, really doing the work to end homelessness in all the complicated and different layered ways that that plays out. So I think this was a really, really, really great interview.
2: Awesome. Yeah, another great interview, another great guest. There are so many people in this sector and beyond doing great work, and we're fortunate that they take the time to join us. Join us next week. We'll have another great episode of On the Way Home. Be well.